Welcome to the Universal Sisterhood Podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman they were designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to episode 36. On today's episode, I chat with my great friend, Joe. Um, this podcast, this episode came from a conversation we had a, f- a few years ago on the front veranda with a bottle of wine, um, how she opened her heart to me. She trusted me with her memories. She um, was honest and vulnerable and she um, allowed me in to those sacred memories. She had a tragedy before her family, um, the mother of 10, she's one of 10, um, was in a tragic car accident with all the children and the mother died. And it was just Joe revisiting those memories and those moments in her life and how they shape our identity and they shape our perception and they shape how we move forward. Um, I mean, memories are as individual as fingerprints and it was so good for her to to explain to me that every one of those 10 kids had a different experience and it got me thinking or they had a different memory from that night and it's not until we share our memories that we can um, get a different understanding of what has happened and what's shaped us and how we move forward Um, So this podcast is about making, being intentional about making memories because they do shape us. Um, You're going to love Jo, as I do. You're going to love listening to her and her um, amazing ability and resilience to have such a joy for life when she had every reason to be miserable. If you like the episode or if you like the podcast, please share it with a friend. That way um, it allows more people to hear women's hearts and it allows them to be vulnerable. Uh, Enjoy the episode. Bye. Welcome to the podcast, Jo. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming. This is your third Starring role. Excellent, yes. <laughs> you will have your own show soon, I'm sure. Um, but I really wanted you to come back because we had um, a beautiful conversation a few years ago about an event that happened in your life that was extremely traumatic. And uh, we sat on the front veranda one evening with a bottle of wine or two. <laughs> yeah, I think it was too. <laughs> and um, you entrusted me with your heart and I was so privileged to hear your story Um, and you were vulnerable and authentic and um, just honest and it really opened my eyes to how much stories matter Mm. and how much um, memories at at the whether they're good or bad how we recall them or how we remember them how it can um, shape us and ultimately affect us. That's a little little banjo. (laughs) I won't talk to him because he's meant to be asleep. Um, But I realised that memories, whether they're good or bad, they're imprinted differently within each individual mind and they're almost as unique as our fingerprints. And um, 
they ultimately shape us mm. and and they deserve to be explored yeah wow yep definitely so um before i start and dive into the conversation i wanted to read this little excerpt from a book called theology of the home finding the eternal in the everyday because they spoke about remembering and i um I thought they did a really good job of explaining it. It says, our memories are powerful. They can be triggered by a scent, a song, an old holy card tucked in a book, or any number of other prompts and stimulations, instantly transporting us somewhere else, a specific moment that lives on in our minds. There is scarcely a human alive that has not, at some point, felt the pangs of homesickness and nostalgia of being adrift. We can experience the keen desire to be both there and here, the limitations of humanity quickly remind us that we can't be in two places at once. Um, it says, movies capture this tension between the now and then with a flashback. But even in the flashback, the viewer is seeing the past or the present, but not both at the same time. We bridge this gap in our homes with photographs of loved ones and special moments, or with souvenirs that remind us of the times and places we wish we could. And I wanted that to start our conversation because there was a specific time in your life that maybe at some point in your life you didn't want to relive. Mm, that's right. Um, but how reliving it and retelling that story triggers emotions and memories and how you, you're you maybe able to move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So could we start with your story? Sounds good. Um, so my name's Jo and um, I am one of ten children. I'm number six. Um, there's six boys and four girls in my family and my parents um, were all living in a country town area on a big farm in Queensland in Australia. So um, they were rearing us there and it was pretty tough. Rearing you and cattle? <laughs> yeah, and a lot of pigs. Oh, that's right. um, yeah. Um, but so one summer holiday in 1989, um, well, when I say one summer holiday, summer holidays were very rare, but my mum packed all the kids, so all 10 of us, into the station wagon um, and this was in a time when there were no seat belts and just mattresses over the back and <laughs> babies in washing baskets and things. And she drove. And no air conditioning. Oh no, no air conditioning. <laughs> that was for the week. Actually, well, I, that, had that it was, even been invented? <laughs> that was for the filthy rich. <laughs> and that was not us. Um, so she took us camping, and um, we drove to the central coast in New South Wales. And um, we camped, we had the most wonderful time for a week. My memories of that time were catching little pippy fish and prawning and having um, the campfire and taking out a little boat from the local fisherman that mum had met. And my mum was such a people's person. Like, Just like she, you. She talked to everyone in that campground and... She even had her purse and her telephone book with her. And she, every afternoon, her time out from us would be to go to the phone booth in the middle of the caravan park and sit there phone putting... Phone a friend. Phone a friend. Oh, <laughs> she probably just had to debrief on taking <laughs> 10 children camping. Yeah, don't blame her. Um, 
and it had been raining as well, some of it. But anyway, suffice to say, um, my oldest brother left to return home on the Greyhound bus and um, head back to look after the farm so my dad could come up. And um, my mum actually on the 11th of December, um, we were all in a car accident and my mum passed away. Um, she died at the scene of the car accident. So at this stage, nine of us were in the car with her, not my oldest brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so my memory of that time, so you can imagine what kind of range for the next oh year God, of our life. It was, um, we have this one photo actually that was taken on Christmas Day that year. Mm. Um, and it speaks volumes to me because it's just a lot of lost kind of empty faces. Wow. So, suffice to memories yeah Christmas must be a horrible time for you it's not anymore it's I love it it's one of my favorite times of year but that's only come about since having my own children so how did you come from it being the most traumatic time of year to it being the most beautiful time I mean that must yeah the strength that got you there well this is what our conversation was about um, that time on the front balcony. But we cried a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think my cheeks, my eyes recovered. Kind of a good friendship. Um, so, so when the accident first happened, obviously the loss of your mum. You know that was horrible, and and then how life kind of ground to a halt in many ways but had to keep going. And my dad, for all his, um, you know, faults, and we all have them, it is incredible because he kept all 10 of us together yeah. and um, surviving. But one of the... And he would have been barely surviving. Uh, like, and not life. really, in retrospect. Yeah. And what he says now is it, he just literally wasn't surviving but he had to for us, you know. But the incredible thing was that we, um, because of the time when it was, the 80s and the lack of kind of um, searching inside of yourself, there was no talk of counselling. There was no even conversations amongst a lot of us siblings. So effectively, very, very, very little was said about my mum and, and a lot of the emotions weren't really dealt with. Um, and so that caused a lot of repercussions. So you're back home? Yeah, so um, we stayed at the farm for another year um, after the accident. But in the immediate kind of time after, after it, it was this strange reality of life going back to normal because we just had to get on with things so how do you so you are there photos of mum do you how do you at the time yeah 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 you go back home without mum yeah um family seems to have gone back to normal Mm. school goes back the summer holidays over there were very few photos of mum I only remember one um and was that for preservation so just to keep going yeah yeah yeah. and also I just think um 
you know, unless you're purposeful sometimes in things like that, then time just passes, you know. And we weren't the kind of kids, you know, for us to develop a photo of mum, we would have had to drive for an hour into town and um, some beautiful prayer cards were done up years later, which most of us have now, but um, that didn't happen for some time, maybe 10 years. So how you were saying before off of the podcast about the laundry could you explain that um so when you were when you realized that there was no room in the cupboard like the oh putting away the laundry yeah yeah yeah. okay um yeah so I mean anyone who's experienced the loss of someone that they love would kind of have different experiences of time after the person had passed away when it really hits home for me, you know, I was an 11-year-old girl and or at the time I was 12 and I remember um, having to put away the washing and so mum had probably um, passed away about six months prior to this and I was putting all the washing away and we lived in a Queenslander um, house at this time and I went up with a pile of washing of dad's to put in his cupboard and um, and my sisters had already gone through all of my mum's belongings and emptied out her wardrobe, um, just keeping a small amount of things and probably donating the rest or something. Um, and when I got there, I put my dad's clothes in his cupboard and then I just saw a great big emptiness in the cupboard beside. And I remember just sitting on the bed and kind of feeling totally overwhelmed by the void that had been her. And actually, I was terrified of going up that end of the house after that because, you know. After in, that episode. After that. Yeah. yeah, because I just felt. Realisation. Like, realisation, yeah. emptiness, sorrow. And we didn't cry. I was say, no was one cried. Cry? No, one, not, no. No. It was the 80s in a farming family and, you know, it it just didn't happen. So how do you navigate that? As well, a, as a twelve-year-old, okay. Yeah, I I think for me personally, all ten of us had really different experiences, mm. and, and every that's single kind of what one. I wanna yeah, press into. So every single one is very unique and valid. But for me, I um I used to um desperately desperately wish for time to pass. Um, because it was so suffocating, the feeling of the sadness. And also a year after my mum passed away, my dad decided to sell the farm and relocate the whole family to Sydney. So two massive changes. Yeah, yeah. and for a girl who had only seen the ocean once or twice, never seen a train, anything like that, to me it was kind of a bit of an exciting adventure. Yeah, yeah. But also, um, more so than that, I desperately was trying to cling on to things. Mm. Like I remember the month when, um, or the month passing, when I realised that I couldn't clearly remember the smells or face or anything like that. So, yeah. That must be so hard. I want to, because you have... You've got this amazing resilience to be able to see such a tragedy and be able to um, 
like for you, Christmas, like memories, it smells. I know like even walking past the other day I went for a walk mm. and I could smell this and I thought, I feel like I'm at the bus stop when I was 10. Like, and I turned around. And <laughs> Not there, in camp, see, obviously. <laughs> but I turned around and there was that silly plant that used to be behind the bus stop. My yeah. smells are incredible. So yeah, lose, they are. To lose that smell oh, of your mother. Okay. Yeah. Must be excruciatingly painful. It is, yeah. How do you keep a memory? Well, a few things. One thing that gradually, see, throughout my teenage years, it was horrible. Like, I remember thinking it was probably a little bit of a lack of kind of guidance, or, you know, my dad was not what you could touchy feely sort of you know hugger um but I remember um I hated the word mother Mm. I avoided any times when the word mother was mentioned so well I would just wag school um or we would all just disperse from the family home early in the morning, you know. Um, and it was really, really hard because no one kind of gives you a rule book of how to navigate these things. Well, maybe they do in life now. But, um, yeah, exactly. But that wasn't an option for No, you. it wasn't. And so I just used to do all sorts of things. And a lot of them were, in, you know, just running away basically and trying to – trying to be tough because I had a reputation as someone who could, you know, just get on with things. Um, But also a beautiful change came about when I was in my late teenage years and I sat with someone one day who was quite removed from me and my situation and they had, I don't know, the grace or it wouldn't have even really been foresight, but they turned to me and just said, tell me all about your mum. Mm. And no one had said that. Mm. Uh, well, maybe they had, but, <laughs> but I don't think they had. Yeah. And I never really had had that open opportunity to um, or an invitation to remember. You what know? was that like? Um, at first I remember being absolutely um, stuck for words because I thought, I don't know how to articulate what I think. You know, it's such a jumble of different things. Some of the memories are really, really just hilarious, like silly little things. Mm. Um, One in particular is one day on the farm. I must have only been about eight years old, but everyone would go off, you know, at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning to work really, really hard till the evening Mm. that was farm life we did it before school after school and on the weekends and I really didn't want to go I really didn't and all I wanted to do was stay in the house with mum and I remember she came up to me and she said we're right beside the second fridge because we had a lot of ham to keep cool (laughs) and she said to me you can stay here with me today I've spoken to dad and a massive guilt came over me, like, oh, no, I'm not a reliable farm worker. But at the same time, I felt so heard. And I remember touching the side of her face mm. and just thinking, oh, my goodness, she gets me, mm. you know. So memories like that, really powerful and strong. Other ones were I remember one of her shoes was a bit broken on the buckle. And, you know, but that's a really fond memory mm. for me. So, I just blurted out to this person 
all of these different memories, even all the way up to the night of the accident and what the moonlight was like because it was a full moon and, you know, um, and little things that I saw in the hospital and all these things. And I don't know, this person must have just thought I was insane because I almost talked nonstop for about two and a half hours. So necessary though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was all bottled up. Mm. Um, and then the best part was that it was just like this little doorway opened mm. in my heart and gradually that was the first Mother's Day after that when I turned around to someone at Mass and said Happy Mother's Day. Mm. And yeah. and it was uh, they weren't even my mother, <laughs> <laughs> wishing random people. Oh dear. Um, how does being able to explore your memories help heal? Yeah. Well, or create a sense of I think um, sense of belonging. I yeah. Say. I th- I think it's really important because what I've realised is that. If we don't fill the space of with goodness, mm. even when it wasn't good, mm. but we try and draw something out that is good, then a negativity settles there, mm. and it will the void will fill with anger, um, hurt, yep. sorrow, and that's still there yep. to to some extent with me, um, and certainly with some of my siblings as well, um, but. One great thing is the more and more I explore it and the more we have conversations amongst siblings now of remembering mum and, you know, coming together around a campfire at that same campground and talking about her and the grandkids talking about, you know, her and it's known as Grandma Anne's Place, you know. Um, every single one of us needs to be heard. Yeah, well, that's. That's kind of the basis of this podcast. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah, it is. And when and when you allow that to happen, either by allowing yourself or saying to others, let me listen to you, mm. um, yeah. In the absence of love and belonging, there's always suffering. Exactly. So if we don't feel That's that right. we're seen or, or known or loved yeah. or belong somewhere, we suffer. Yeah, yeah. That's Whether exactly it's visible right. or invisible. You, you get banjo. Yeah. You Okay, so I wanted. Do you think people often underinvest in memories? Um. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think people sometimes don't realise the impact that hmm. the memories or lack of exploring them are having on every single part of their life. Yeah. I mean, memories have helped you. Yeah. Come out the other side. Yeah. In, in a better place. Yeah, and realise. That's exactly right. And also, I mean, I think basically memories mould us, right? We're dictated by that person that we were, but also the person that we, I don't know, I guess in a funny way, become when we decide to steer through the haze and and look at the memories and also build on them and gain strength from them. Do you think um, because today we take pictures of everything, um, we have, we're, we're not, we're, we're relying on photographs rather than our memories oh, to, absolutely. to remember an event. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I think we're also heading towards, 
you know, chatting today a little bit about that idea of creating intentional memories. But just the other day, um, there was this beautiful moonrise coming up and we were sitting on the front balcony and my daughter walked out and went, oh, quick, we should take a photo of it. And, you know, I just thought, oh, my goodness, the fact that that even comes to mind. And, of course, my husband said, just sit here on my lap and watch it because no camera will ever capture what you're feeling in your heart right now, you know. How beautiful. Yeah. I know kids, you ask them, you might go on a really great holiday or do a, you know, a trek or something, and you say, what do you remember from that? And they remember the most obscure. <laughs> no. The sticky tape <laughs> and the wrapping. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I know for me, I have, we moved a lot as children. Yeah. yeah. Um, my dad. A lot. A lot. <laughs> Many, I think, while I was at school, I think 14, 17 wow. hours or something like that. Ridiculous. Wow. And I never was long enough in a house to have a constant, mm. an anchor point, mm. a place where I can always go back to for um, just to remember my childhood. It's all mixed up with lots of places but one thing I remember vividly is that my auntie was totally the opposite they mm. lived in the same house um I don't know she's, she's only had two houses yeah um and I loved going there because it did there were always etchings on the on the um what do you call that thing the doorpost the door frame yeah of heights. heights yeah we never had that we yeah. were never in a place long enough to grow <laughs> to yeah. grow any higher um, <laughs> and they they had traditions like they. I remember you telling me about the, the plum pudding. pudding. Yeah, yeah. it just—I just loved it. Yeah, and you know what that does is it basically gives you a compass. Yeah. So you—you you know, it's so—it's security and it's warmth and. So when I ever think of my childhood, the first place I go to is my auntie's house. Oh, how special for her! And I would only ever go there over summer holidays. Wow. But it was always the same place. Yeah, yeah. But that. That is so telling to me. Yeah, and what, and I guess it. Not everyone can stay in the same house. No, you know, or no. like um, where we are at the moment, uh, it's you know here in the mountains. There's a lot of potential for bushfires and that. And I was chatting with someone the other day who lost their home in the fires five years ago. Hmm. But something that came out of that conversation was she said, when we're really intentional with how we create a sense of home wherever we are. You can transplant the same thing, so whether or not the plum pudding or whatever, and have those regularities come through. Um, But, I mean, that brings us back to this idea of intentional memories and trying to create them. Yeah. I mean, having said that, we we didn't have the same house. We weren't with the same bricks and mortar, but it was the same people that always went exactly, yeah. with me. So, I'm, I, I mean, I didn't miss out altogether. Mm. But it's just, fun, you know, very telling to think that when I think back of my childhood, that is the first place I, will, yeah. I always go to. Well, a sense of place. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Um, but how important is it for us as parents to create these memories? Like like having a tradition, yeah. whether it be going chop down the Christmas tree every year or um, do you have intentional uh, things that you do to create in the hope of creating memories for your children? Yeah, I do. My husband's been really great at this since early on in our marriage and he would always say to me, you know, you actually have to make an effort to create 
memories and so as your kids you know even if they don't all remember the same thing or they do remember the funny sticky tape bits but it's easy to let time pass and realize oh a whole holiday's gone past and we haven't really created anything intentional but we have you know a hike that the kids do um, every single year with dad and they take their own pack and they go down to the river and and each year it's built on and the stories become kind of bigger than Ben-Hur and the crossing of the suspension bridge and all of this. And it has served its purpose insofar as our children gather a massive part of their identity of being tough and resilient and fun and adventurous from that regular yeah. occurrence each year, you know, and the memories they've got from each year really point towards a kind of coming of age for each of them. And I love that. I think it's amazing. I also love the fact that they go and I get to stay at home. <laughs> no, not really. My dad was always very good at making everything an adventure. Yeah. So it's going to my grandparents' farm every Christmas or every holidays. Um, we'd have to get up super early. Don't know why. He just loved the excitement, you know, that excitement you get of getting I up sure early. do. And the fairy lights, and I still look at a city lit up and think that it's fairy lights. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Um, children don't always remember the mess or the lack of mess, the, the perfect house. They remember how you make them feel. Yeah. And I think that that's one memory that I want my kids to always have. Yeah. I'm still working on it. We all are. <laughs> but even if you just have in your headspace sometimes, I think, in the morning when you get up, let me do one thing spontaneous today. It can make such a difference, you know, because like you said, there's always going to be loads of washing or dishwashers to unpack. But, you know, one of one of the things that my kids love to recall, and I think this is kind of hilarious because I only ever did it once, was um, they always talk about the time when mum ran so fast and was so good at the water fight that we had <laughs> wow <laughs> I did so um yeah so and that's the flip side of tradition and having that continuity doing something out stepping out of your comfort zone to make them make it be memorable and fun yeah, yeah that's exactly right nothing should be too staged yeah, in life yeah. you know um like grabbing the super soaker and <laughs> bolting up the tree <laughs> to get the best shot but, um, yeah I could yeah what should I say yeah I can <laughs> in Ollie had, uh, I don't know what, he had a teacher that loved Irish dancing at school once and he had to do an Irish dance. Right. Anyway, mum broke out in Akka River Dance. <laughs> On stage at school? No, oh. safety of our oh, thank golly. <laughs> but we did get a giggle about yeah. it. That's the thing. Irish picking. <laughs> Well, we've all got our skill set. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so we don't have to have these kind of amazing experiences for our kids to remember. It is in the mundane. It is, yeah. Um, yeah. How would you suggest being intentional about creating memories? The it, holiday? Yeah, yeah. I think um, a few little things. Like it can just be part of your daily routine. You know, so whether or not it's holding a hand as you say goodnight and give them a kiss and say a prayer, you know, that's something where in the future they might need to recall that touch more than ever before, 
you know, or it could be um, I've become a bit better at this, but I used to not enjoy doing my daughter's hair, right? I would always just go to all of them, all my girls, I would say, just do your hair yourself. And then it occurred to me one day that it's a great opportunity just to be close. And, and I never had, you know, my mother certainly didn't stand around brushing my hair. There just probably wasn't time, you know. But that's one of the things I remembered after losing her was, wouldn't it be really nice if someone just brushed my hair, you know? So so I stand there now brushing their hair. Sometimes they're like, Mum, just put it in a high pony. <laughs> I know my mum used to squeeze my hand three times. Mm. I love you. Oh, and, beautiful. Yeah, and I loved that. Mm. And so I do that with my girls. <laughs> sometimes when they don't stop so it's like I love you and then they one two three squeeze back and then you've got to reciprocate and then they do it again <laughs> okay enough now <laughs> yeah that's right no more <laughs> memories for you <laughs> but that is a fond memory I have um which is beautiful and I, which I have carried on because it affected me so profoundly yeah yeah and um, I think if you build on something then all of a sudden the beauty of it shows in itself as well. Like um, with those memories and you create times where all of a sudden five years pass and you think, oh, you know, that little girl whose hair I'm brushing isn't so little anymore and actually just wants to do her hair herself. Well, I have this, that problem now because they're yeah. too tall for me yeah. to do their hair. Well, I stand on but they kind of don't want you to do their hair either no, no, and all of a sudden that time it. passes you know but yeah I think um it doesn't have to be big things you know the occasional amazing trip or like um a gift or something like that probably are the things that will register least and it's never too late to no. start making memories that's exactly right yeah cherish. yeah you haven't lost you know missed the boat no so no no not at all um thank you so much for chatting about your Pleasure. amazing story yeah it, it is an amazing story the amazing woman you are oh, today stop. no it yeah. has it really has and as hard and as traumatic and as um harrowing as it was and still is god's done beautiful things with you yeah. even though you may have thought he'd abandoned you back then yeah yeah well the I you know writing in my journal and advent at the moment one of the things I was just thinking about this morning is it it's funny how it takes 30 years but all of a sudden it it's as clear as day to me that there's a bigger picture Makes sense. yeah yeah for all that it doesn't make sense and I've tried over the years to say all right well that was your will and things like that but but now I just think oh my goodness like I'm so grateful mm. for the way he's chosen for things to be mm. so yeah and he doesn't do things to hurt us no even though by world this it looks like it was the biggest slap in the face mm. it was I mean I'm not going to say it's a blessing because it's hard to swallow but mm. there's there, well there's a gift there's, there without us knowing yeah that's right and there's a mystery to the it all as well yeah so that's there, right there has to be goodness there and and when you know when one of my um family members passed away not so long ago who was a little child mm. and was heading up to straight up to heaven we were able to say your grandma's standing there with open arms, 
you know. She can't wait what a to gift. hold you. Exactly. Imagine, imagine your And that's what I say to all my kids. Be good. <laughs> yeah. Imagine how she would have felt. Exactly. Knowing that one of her, oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Here we go. Get the tissues. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah, it's really, really precious. Like I knew she'd be there, but just that she gets to hold one of her own again. Yeah. Yeah. How gorgeous. And she loved babies. So Clearly, she had 10. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I'm wiping my eyes, Joanna. <laughs> what brought you joy this week? Oh, well, two things brought me joy. Um, today is my mother's birthday. Um, and so it That's brought me. Amazing. Yeah. Brought me great joy to think that, you know, I get the opportunity to talk about her. And, That's another gift. Yeah. The joy of motherhood on her birthday so that was really beautiful and and one more is we got a little kitten (laughs) called mango because you need more on your plate i know but quite hilarious just watching this little life um discover grass long pieces of grass for the first time and wonder and excitement and i'm not even a cat person but (laughs) i watched this thing this cat for about 20 minutes the other day and had such a giggle. And I thought, a real reminder to just be childlike. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, mine is um, I've been sick and just the people that, the kindness of humanity. Hmm. Humans are good. Yeah, yeah, and they desperately want the opportunity to be good. Yeah, And I had to go through this (laughs) for people. Like it was, it's, it's beautiful, the amount of people that have been so kind and generous and, that has brought me so much joy. Yeah. What a gift. Yeah. Total gift. Thank you so much. Oh, that's a pleasure. Anytime. <laughs> you know where to find me. See, see you on the next podcast. <laughs> In <Bye>. 2020. <laughs> Bye. Bye.